Hello there, and welcome to the Believer's Church Podcast. A podcast about real people, real problems, and real answers. Podcasting from the beautiful East Tennessee mountains. Here's your host, Pastor Mike Friday. All right, welcome to the podcast today. We are starting a new series called Letting Go. Letting Go, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I don't know about you, but do you ever lose your keys or misplace things? seems like I can lose things sometimes, even though I really remember putting them right here in this spot. And it's like my shoes. I don't really lose them. But when I come home from the day and I put them in a place where I'm going to put them on in the morning, and I get there the next morning, they're not there. Well, (laughs) My wife has something to say about that. So I know where they are. They, they've been misplaced. But in our lives, there's some things that maybe we just need to let go of that we lose. I mean, if you ever fly, you know that uh, sooner or later, if you fly enough, they're going to lose your baggage. You might feel like the guy who was standing in line to buy an airline ticket, and he stepped up to the counter with three pieces of luggage. He said, ma'am, I want this first suitcase to go to Phoenix, the second suitcase to go to Seattle, and the third one to go to New York. Well, dumbfounded, the attendant said, well, sir, I'm sorry, we can't do that. And the man said, well, I don't know why not. You did it last week. You know, I I guess there's nothing really worse than losing baggage. There you stand. Everybody's bag has come except yours. You have on only the clothes that you have, and that's kind of it. You know, and in our lives, I think we have baggage. We carry baggage. We have things that we need to let go of, and it weighs down our relationships with our friends, our family our coworkers and neighbors, and often it destroys marriages, it dissolves friendships, and really damages our abilities to relate properly to God. And that's why we're introducing this series today that we're calling Letting Go. And we're going to deal with four of the biggest relationship killers that we all struggle with, such as uh, uh, bitterness, unresolved anger, a judgmental spirit, and a critical disposition And you know, truth is, every time you bring two people together, they're both bringing things into that relationship that needs to be let go of. And the key to really building and maintaining a healthy relationship is really can be summed up in two things. Number one is, you know what, being able to really actually realize that you have some things you need to let go of. And then the second part of that is just being willing to let them go. Just be willing to let them go. And the truth is, you can let things go. In fact, if you're a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, you must let go because we've been called to a higher standard in our relationship with others. We have a witness to maintain, we have a name to uphold, and we have a reputation to guard because we don't just represent ourselves, we represent the Lord Jesus Christ who died on a cross, who was raised from the dead, and who we say has made a radical difference in our lives. And that difference needs to be manifested in our relationships with one another and our relationships with other people. And I know, I know some of you may be thinking right now, well, you know, I don't know how much baggage or how much, how heavy your heart is. And I don't know where you've been and all that you're carrying around or how attached or unattached you are. And you may be thinking, I just can't let go. And I would say, well, I know you can let go because of a man who was writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit said in Ephesians 4, some things that help us. And there are really two verses here. And and if we will follow them both in the church and outside the church, the transformation of relationships, our marriages, politically, nationally, and internationally, 
I think would just be absolutely staggering. And Paul begins by saying this in Ephesians 4, verse 31. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. And I love the way this translation puts it. And Paul just simply says, do you have bitter feelings toward anybody? He's like, well, you need to let that go. Are you still mad? He's like ticked off at somebody because they really messed you over. And he's like, you need to let that go. Do you still find yourself in your mind hanging people by their toenails in hot acid? He's like, no more. Stop that. I know you may be thinking, well, that's easy for someone to say. But listen, it wasn't that it wasn't easy at all for the Apostle Paul to say this, because this was a man writing from a prison who had been unjustly incarcerated, unfairly treated, and who eventually was going to lose his life simply for telling the truth. I mean, you can look with a microscope or a telescope and you will find no bitterness, no rage, no unresolved anger, and no ill will in his heart. And Paul was, in effect, saying, I'm letting go. And guess what, folks? You can, too. And no, I know Paul didn't know your story, and maybe neither do I. And I know I'm speaking to people in this podcast audience today who may be in bondage to the master of bitterness. I mean, you're bitter toward God because the tragedy that happened in your life that he didn't prevent. Or you're bitter toward a spouse who left you to raise the children on a meager salary. Or you're bitter toward a company that fired you with no severance, even though you served them faithfully for many years. Or you're bitter toward a parent who physically or sexually abused you. Or you're bitter toward a father who never gave you any approval or a mother who really never affirmed her love for you. Maybe you're even bitter toward the church because you have seen how hypocritical some Christians and church people can actually be. And bitterness, folks, it can not only ruin your life, but it can follow you all the way to the grave. There's a true story about a 94-year-old lady by the name of Hazel von Deschecki, and she is what used to be referred to as an old maid who never married, and at her funeral, her pastor felt it necessary to put a note in the order of the service because of something unusual she requested. This woman who had never married, had left very specific handwritten instructions for her funeral service, such as the song she wanted sang and the scripture she wanted read. But her final instructions were these, and I quote, There will be no male pallbearers. They wouldn't take me out when I was alive, and I don't want them to take me out when I'm dead. And it, isn't it amazing how some people live with junk that they need to let go of. They die with this, and they eventually spend eternity with this. But thankfully, Paul gives us, in, in one of the most powerful senses in the Bible, the secret of letting go, how to get rid of this bitterness, how to get rid of grudges, how to free yourself from this prison of unforgiveness once and for all. So today, we're going to deal with one of the greatest benefits that comes from the risen Savior, and that is forgiveness, because it is because Jesus Christ is alive, that we have both experience of forgiveness and the enablement of forgiveness. Listen to this verse in Ephesians 4.32. He says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And this is one of the really three rules of forgiveness you'll find in the Bible. Let me, let me give them to you really quick. Number one is you should forgive others the way you would want others to forgive you. That's kind of what we know is a golden rule. Rule number two would be you will be forgiven the way you forgive others. Jesus said, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And that's God's rule. 
Then number three, I would say the way you should forgive others is the way God has forgiven you. And that's really the grace rule that we find in Scripture. So forgiveness doesn't come naturally. I know that because it very rarely comes easily. I'm teaching this podcast today because I have dealt in my life with many of these issues, and we believe in keeping it real around here. And the reason why that this doesn't come naturally is I think it's because of what that word actually means, forgiveness. It literally means to let go or to send away, and it refers to a cancellation of debt. So in essence, when somebody does you wrong, they are in your debt. And forgiveness is your willingness on your own to simply write off that debt. It's a decision to cancel that debt. Now, I won't deny it. Um, there's not really a more difficult decision you make in life at times than to, whether to decide to forgive someone. And maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're saying, well, if you only knew my story, if you only knew what you're asking of me, if you only knew the size of the debt that is owed to me, if you only knew the pain and the anguish and the heartache that I have been caused by this person or these people, then you're asking me simply to cancel that debt. Why should I do that? And I would say, well, the motivation is found in two words of that last passage. They are these, just as. Just as. Both the motivation of forgiveness, why you should forgive, and the model of forgiveness of how you should forgive is found in this sentence. We ought to forgive others just as God has forgiven us. And if we really understand what happened Good Friday and Easter Sunday, you know, on Good Friday, Jesus Christ paid for our sins by dying for them. In other words, he paid a debt he didn't know because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. He paid our sin debt. And then on Easter Sunday, when God raised his son from the dead, that was God's way of saying, I accept the payment. And I'm writing across everyone. I'm, I'm, everyone who will receive my forgiveness paid in full. In Colossians 2.14, puts it this way, having canceled and canceled the written code with its regulations, that was against us and that stood opposed to us, he took it away, nailing it to the cross. You see, God took the biggest debt ever incurred, which are the sins of everyone who's ever lived and let Jesus Christ pay for them and cancel them. No one ever, no, no one ever owed a greater debt than we owe to God, and no one will ever forgive a greater debt than Jesus did for us. So the simple reason why you ought to be a forgiving person is because you are a forgiven person. And only forgiven people are motivated to forgive. So you forgive because you're forgiven, and you are forgiven because Christ died and was raised from the dead. Now, maybe you're still protesting out there listening to this podcast. I hope you're still tuned in. And you're like, you don't, have, you don't, you don't know how much this hurt me. You don't know what she did to me. Listen, you will never forgive if you always focus on those people who have hurt you. You will only forgive if you begin to focus on the one who died for you and was raised from the dead. We are to forgive others just as God forgave us in Christ. How did God forgive? Let Let me give you a few things here. First, I would say we've got to be willing to forgive freely without revenge. Jesus didn't charge us anything even though he died for us. He didn't say, I'm going to pound your flesh before I do this. He didn't say, I'll take some revenge first. He didn't say, first, you'll pay me what you owe me. He didn't say, first, you clean up your life and get your life together, then I will die for you. He just died freely. The only thing he asked in return for our forgiveness is repentance and surrender. And 
Some of you, maybe you want to forgive the principle of the crime only after you've collected some interest of revenge and before some people give, they want their ounce of meat or their pound of flesh and their quart of blood. And True forgiveness carries no strings, no fine print at the bottom of the contract. There's no conditions. Secondly, we must forgive fully, not partially. You see, forgiveness is not fractional. Do you realize that if God refused to forgive us, one part of one fraction of one decimal point of one sin, none of us would have a chance of eternal life. God not only forgives all of our sins, plural, but he forgives all of our sins, singular. When you forgive someone, you must forgive them fully, fully. Then thirdly, we must forgive them with finality, period. When you cancel a debt, it can never be brought back up. You can never collect on that debt again. He never throws sin back in our face. God doesn't. He wipes the slate clean. And because Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead, that's why he is able to do that. So letting go, I want you to know, is not a weakness, but it's a strength. You say, well, okay, what's the benefit? Or what or how is this going to help me? Listen, as long as you don't forgive, you are poisoning yourself. Hating someone who has hurt you is like taking poison, hoping they will die. You're just continuing to let the other person hurt you. And they're basically controlling your life. But I think a lot of people want to forgive, but they don't know how to do it. Well, we do it the way God tells us to do. We pray for our enemies. Well, what do you pray? You know, that's that's a great question. God said to pray for those who curse you, those who are your enemies, and you pray that God would bless them. But I don't want them blessed, God. They have hurt me. But have you ever thought that maybe God's blessing is him pouring out his Holy Spirit on them and showing them where they are wrong, where they need to repent, and where they have hurt you? Because how can you be right with God if you are unwilling to admit wrong in your life and come to a place of truth in your life? How is that possible? I don't think it's possible at all. And you know what? We're not ever right with God until we're right with everything. That means right with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And you can't get to where you need to be if you can't face the truth of where you're at. So we pray, God, bless them. Speak of them in a kind way. You know what? You say, I don't feel like it. It's God's part. He will change the way you feel. You can do what God tells you, even if you don't want to or feel like it. Because when you forgive someone, you're you're letting them, you feel like you're letting them off, off the hook. But and, and maybe even make an excuse for their behavior. It's contrary to that, what we may think. Forgiveness isn't any of those things. But it's, it's, I mean, it's not saying that what's wrong is okay. It's not forgetting hurt feelings. Forgiveness is extending grace. It's commanded by God, and it's something you can do for others and do for yourself. Now, notice the word give in forgive. When you forgive, you give someone a gift. You waive a penalty, and you give yourself the gift of grudge-free living. And when you withhold forgiveness, you not only refuse to offer what God has given you, but you also hurt yourself. You see, unforgiveness bears down on your heart and gets in the way of spiritual growth. God knows it's not easy to forgive, and he wouldn't ask you to do something without giving you the strength to do it. So you ask him for the ability to forgive freely as you have been forgiven. And you know what? He is the master. He's the master of the impossible. 
There's only one hope for this world, only one hope for this nation, for our homes, for our marriages, and for our children, and it's the risen Christ. We can be forgiven. We can be forgivers if the risen Christ lives in our hearts today. Because of Christ, listen, you can let go. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for listening to the Believer's Church Podcast. Visit us online at www.believerschurch.tv Facebook.com slash believerschurch.tv Follow Pastor Mike at twitter.com slash mikefriday and instagram.com slash mfreallife Check out the other podcasts all about life and the world. Until next time, keep it real and come on.